Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. Calm Mystery the Aluminium Dagger by R. Austin Freeman Read by Perry F. Bruns My God, Dr. Thorndyke, what a terrible sight it was that met our eyes! My brother-in-law was lying dead on the floor of the sitting room. He had been stabbed, stabbed to death, and the dagger had not even been withdrawn. He mopped his face with his handkerchief and was about to continue his account of the catastrophe when the carriage entered a quiet side street between Westminster and Victoria and drew up before a block of tall new red brick buildings. "'My brother-in-law's chambers are on the second floor,' said Mr. Curtis. "'We can go up in the lift.' In a few seconds we were discharged onto the second floor, the porter with furtive curiosity following us down the corridor. At the end of the passage was a half-open door, considerably battered. Above the door, painted in white lettering, was the inscription, Mr. Hartridge, and through the doorway protruded the rather foxy countenance of Inspector Badger. "'I'm glad you have come, sir,' said he, as he recognized my colleague. 
Mr. Marchmont is sitting inside like a watchdog, and he growls if any of us even walks across the room. The words formed a complaint, but there was a certain geniality in the speaker's manner that made me suspect that Inspector Badger was already navigating his craft on a lee shore. We entered a small lobby or hall, and from that passed into a sitting room, where we found Mr. Marchmont keeping his vigil, in company with a constable and uniformed inspector. There was, in the entire aspect of the room, something very grim and dreadful. Especially impressive was the air of suspense of ordinary everyday life suddenly arrested, cut short in the twinkling of an eye, the electric lamps still burning dim and red, though the summer sunshine streamed in through the windows, the half-empty tumbler and open book by the empty chair, and, above all, the awesome shape that but a few hours since had been a living man. Each had its whispered message of swift and sudden disaster. "'This is a mysterious affair,' observed Inspector Badger, breaking the silence at length. "'Though it is clear enough up to a certain point, the body tells its own story.' We stepped across and looked down at the corpse. It was that of a somewhat elderly man, and lay on an open space of floor before the fireplace, face downward with the arms extended. The slender hilt of a dagger projected from the back below the left shoulder. With the exception of a trace of blood upon the lips, this was the only indication of the mode of death. A little distance from the body, a clock key lay on the carpet, and glancing up at the dock on the mantelpiece, I perceived that the glass front was open. "'You see,' pursued the inspector, noting my glance, "'he was standing in front of the fireplace, winding the clock. Then the murderer stole up behind him. The noise of the turning key must have covered his movements, and stabbed him. And, you see,' from the position of the dagger on the left side of the back, that the murderer must have been left-handed. That is all clear enough. What is not clear is how he got in, and how he got out again. The body has not been moved, I suppose, said Thorndyke. No. We sent for Dr. Edgerton, the police surgeon, and he certified that the man was dead. He will be back presently to see you and arrange about the post-mortem. Then, said Thorndyke, we will not disturb the body until he comes except to take the temperature and dust the dagger hilt. He took from his bag a long-registering chemical thermometer and an insufflator or powder-blower. The former he introduced under the dead man's clothing against the abdomen, and with the latter blew a stream of fine yellow powder onto the black leather handle of the dagger. Inspector Badger stooped eagerly to examine the handle, as Thorndyke blew away the powder that had settled evenly on the surface. "'No fingerprints,' said he in a disappointed tone." He must have worn gloves, but that inscription gives a pretty broad hint. He pointed as he spoke to the metal guard of the dagger, on which was engraved in clumsy lettering, single word, traditore. That's the Italian for traitor, continued the inspector, and I got some information from the porter that fits in with that suggestion. We'll have him in presently and you shall hear. Meanwhile, said Thorndyke, as the position of the body may be of importance in the inquiry, I will take one or two photographs and make a rough plan to scale. Nothing has been moved, you say? Who opened the windows? They were open when we came in, said Mr. Marchmont. Last night was very hot, you remember. Nothing whatever has been moved. Thorndyke produced from his bag a small folding camera, a telescopic tripod, a surveyor's measuring tape, a boxwood scale, and a sketch block. He set up the camera in a corner and exposed a plate, taking a general view of the room, and including the corpse. Then he moved to the door and made a second exposure. 
Will you stand in front of the clock, Jervis, and raise your hand as if winding it? Thanks. Stand like that while I expose a plate. I remained thus, in the position that the dead man was assumed to have occupied at the moment of the murder, while the plate was exposed. And then, before I moved, Thorndyke marked the position of my feet with a blackboard chalk. He next set up the tripod over the chalk marks and took two photographs from that position, and finally he photographed the body itself. Thorndyke next proceeded to lay out on the sketch block a ground plan of the room, showing the exact position of the various objects on a scale of a quarter of an inch to the foot, a process that the inspector was inclined to view with some impatience. "'You don't spare trouble, doctor,' he remarked. "'Nor time, either,' he added. "'No,' answered Thorndyke, as he detached the finished sketch from the block. "'I try to collect all the facts that may bear on a case. They may prove worthless, or they may turn out of vital importance. One never knows beforehand, so I collect them all. But here, I think, is Dr. Edgerton.' Thank you, detectives, for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Perry F. Bruns. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Couldn't they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly loved in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49, and you can email me at calmmystery, that's C-A-L-M mystery, at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world. <laughs>